And we welcome you to this edition of the Tuesday People podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Albom, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired. Alongside is Lisa Goich, upon which this podcast gets inspired. She is my friend and a producer of the program. Always good to have you alongside, Lisa. Ah, nice to be here. As we're coming out of the, uh, I don't know what it's like where, where you are, but the weather is finally, I, I live in the Midwest in Detroit, and the weather has finally seemed to have broken, and we've gotten a string of nice days. The snow is all gone. Uh, we're feeling like we won't see anymore. Of course, we've felt uh, that before, bop, and then, bop, we, bop, bop. then we get the May say snowstorm. Nothing. Yeah, but uh, no, don't anyhow. say nothing. I see people planting flowers, and I'm like, "Are you people crazy?" That is. Well, you bad live in Los Angeles. Right they can plant flowers. They can plant flowers no, year round talking, in Los Angeles. Not here. I'm oh, talking about on Facebook. I'm okay. seeing my Michigan friends. I'm like, yeah. too early. You're tempting fate. Well, that's just being optimistic, which I think is a good thing. <laughs> I think it's a good thing to be optimistic. Why not? We're going to believe that uh, uh, spring has, has sprung and we're not going backwards. We now officially are in spring anyhow. And so I'm okay. going to be optimistic. And uh, with the vaccines and all the rest of it, it does feel like we have turned some kind of a corner. It's not maybe the last corner, but it is a corner and things are getting brighter and you know, we always want to encourage that because it has been a tough year and uh, there's been a lot of negativity, a lot of depression, a lot of sad feelings. And I think that when people um, can have an opportunity to say something positive, they should <laughs> because mm, there aren't that many That is chances. true. <laughs> so I want to tell you about an incident that took place uh, actually uh, a little earlier this morning that I led into what I want to talk about today with you and a lesson that Maury talked about a lot. So my mother passed away. Uh, it's now f going to be six years. And after my dad passed away a few years later, we went through all the uh, that exercise that's very sad about going through the stuff, you know, going through oh, the yeah. stuff and all the assorted stuff. And... It's interesting about how some of that stuff has come to play a role in my current life. Uh, now, if you have lost your parents uh, or a parent, as Lisa and I have, in my case, both, both of mine and Lisa's, her, her mother, and you are, you know, it didn't happen young, you will find yourself at, your, at a stage in your life where you start to think about your own mortality and some of the things that you inherit from your parents will start to take on some more meaning than maybe it would have if, you, if it happened when you were 20 or something like that. So, for example, some of the stuff that we went through, and God bless my wife because she won't throw out anything when there's, <laughs> when there's emotional attachment to right. it. And... Therefore, I end up with this stuff because she unpacks it and she goes through all the work of finding it and everything. And one day I come uh -huh. in, uh, this is a few weeks back, I come into my bathroom and there is a razor, an electric razor, a very nice electric razor in a little, like, uh, charging station mm -hmm. and with the plug and it's all intact. And... It had like a couple different blade settings 
and a bunch of different buttons on the thing, and it was all solidly there and plugged into the wall. Now, my father was also that kind of a person. He Mm -hmm. was neat, plugged in, all Mm -hmm. set, everything all together. He was very organized (laughs) and very meticulous in his organization, meticulous in his dress, uh, you know, he, he always looked good, even on a Saturday. He would always want to <laughs> dress nicely to go, you know, he had his leisure nice and his business nice. You know. But my dad never walked around the house in a T-shirt, ever. I don't think I ever saw my dad in a T-shirt, right. ever. I mean, even, even you know, the closest he came were those white undershirts that you would wear under your yeah. dress shirts of people of his generation uh, became known to do. And so my dad has been gone. But here was this razor and this whole kit, so organized and so together and kept immaculately. I mean, he must have had this for 20-something years or whatever, because it's an old, it's a Norelco, and it doesn't look like a modern thing, but it's clean and it's, it's well taken care of. And so I plugged it in and I charged it. And after the green light came on, one day I was going to shave and I decided, you know what? Let me see if this razor works. I've got it here and it's plugged in. Looks nice. So I took the thing out and I turned it on. Sure enough, it worked fine. And I, you know, started shaving my cheeks and it huh. worked. And in huh. that moment, I realized that this shaver that I was rubbing up against my cheeks, the last cheeks that it had been on, were my father's. And, you know, in between cheeks, it just passed from him to me. And now I had this thing that he had held in his hand and rubbed up on his face. My hand was on the buttons that his hand was on. The razor, the blades were on the face that my face that it had been on his. And I felt connected. I felt connected to my dad in that device, in ways, Lisa, that I haven't felt connected to my dad um, when everybody tells you it's the right time to, you know, like on the anniversary of his death or Mm -hmm. on his birthday. You know, when you tell yourself, of course, I'm connected to him, and you think back to some memories, or maybe you look at pictures or things like that. But I felt Mm -hmm. connected to him through that device. Wow. Something that he had used, I was now using. And in that way... It speaks to this phrase that Maury talked about all the time. Death ends a life, but not a relationship. Death ends a life, but not a relationship. For me and my dad, I always looked up to my father. You know, he was not of the ilk of, I'm going to be your friend kind of father. You know, let's pal Mm -hmm. around and I'll be your friend. It's Mm -hmm. kind of an kind of a more, that's a more modern uh, role, you know, and, 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 yeah. and characteristic now, you know, the dad that just wants to be the pal. My dad never wanted to be my pal. My dad wanted to be my dad, and I didn't want him to be my pal. I wanted him to be my dad. And so I always remember our relationship as always feeling that I was younger than him, not as wise mm-hmm. as him, not as experienced as him, but looking up to him. And so yeah. each step of our relationship, as I got older, brought me, you know, a little closer to who he was 
because it represented adulthood and responsibility and all that. So whether it was getting my first job when my dad told me when I was 11 years old, that's enough with the allowance. You should start <laughs> pulling your own weight around here. And so I did, and I got a job uh, as selling programs at a, at a stadium, baseball stadium. And when I came home with my first sort of, you know, money, it was cash. I don't want to say a paycheck. They gave you cash for how many right. programs you sold. They gave you 50 cents for every program you sold. Um, I shared that with him, and I felt like I have a job because my dad has a job, you know. Years later, when I started to drive, you know, my dad was always the one who drove. I got a license, and now I was on a certain level with my dad because he drove. Now I drove. You know, we were now doing the same thing. And there was a moment, a point where my dad taught me how to shave. And I was a very, I was a very late bloomer. So I didn't really need to learn how to shave until I was about 17 uh, or maybe even a little older. But he taught me some techniques and he taught me well, you hold the razor this way and you hold it this way and you don't go the opposite direction and all that. And then he taught me how to use an electric razor. Now, I had not thought about that for many, many years. But when I had this razor come into my life, suddenly I was connected to him again. And that feeling of I'm using my dad's razor, I'm right. doing something my dad did. You know, the same way that I felt when I got that license and started driving, the same way that I felt when I got that first job and I had the job, you know, same way I felt when I got married. And now I'm a married man, you know, like my father had always been a married man. Right. And, you know, they were married, their whole, you know, they were, well, they were married for 60 plus years. That feeling of like, I am doing something my dad did. I am part of my dad. I'm connected to my dad. Came back to me in a flood with that razor and it is part of that death ends a life, but not a relationship thing. I felt like my dad was still around. You know, I wanted to say, mm -hmm. hey, dad, thanks for the razor. Mm -hmm. And I'm, what I want to say to everybody is that's okay. That is, that's not sick. That's not sad. That's not depressing. That's not living in a fantasy. That's not anything. That's okay. You can lose somebody and still have a relationship with them, still feel those feelings about, you know, connectivity or, or doing something that they did, because that was your relationship when they were here. Mm -hmm. And here's the big, 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 big thing of this. If you want a relationship to go on after you're gone, you have to invest in it while you're here. You see, that razor would not have meant anything to me if my father hadn't taken time to teach me how to shave. Mm -hmm. And if my father hadn't taken time to watch me when I was shaving and saying, you know, you're missing it. No, you, you got to do this. You got to do that. That was the relationship. But if he had been gone, if he hadn't been interested in that, the razor would mean nothing. And yeah. I could have just tossed it. But because we had that connection, because we had that relationship while he was alive, it is able to continue to grow in a different way. Now it's a nostalgic way, but it's still growing. It was something new. It was a new sensation I had. It was new. Now I use the razor all the time. You know, this is, my, <laughs> this is part of my routine now. It's my new razor in life. 
And if and your face looks good, by the way. If you just shaved, <laughs> I'm going to say your face is very shiny and clean, yeah. so it's a must be a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good razor. That's a good. He kept it in great shape. It's so typical of him because you know I break everything. Nothing lasts very long. Whatever. He kept everything meticulous. I'm sure he washed that shaver at some point and cleaned it, and, right. and it, that's why it still looks like it does. So yeah. that relationship is able to go on even after. He is gone. I'll play you a little something here from Maury talking about this very concept. What I think all of us like, because we have at least little egos, is to think that we're going to live on in some form. Mm -hmm. So if you have the spiritual form, we live on as a consciousness or a soul, that's great. But you don't know that, and I don't know that. Mm -hmm. But I do know I have children who will then presumably have their own kids, and they'll know about their grandfather and stuff. And I do believe that statement, I think I quoted to you, that death ends a life but not a relationship. That you continue the relationship in some way, and that that will happen, you know? So this is what I'm talking about, about after someone is gone, you can continue to have them in your life if they meant something to you while they were here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. So now here comes the second half of this. The other day, out of the blue, my wife, in unpacking these boxes, unearths a folder. And the folder has my mother's handwriting on it. Ah, that's a big one. And it says on the outside of the folder... Articles about me. My mother was an interior designer. You know, she did people's homes and some office buildings and things like that. And periodically, over the course of her career, uh, they wrote stories about something that she did. They wrote stories about the apartment that she decorated one time. And, you know, they wrote a story about the artwork that she had collected. And they wrote a story about how her use of space. And, and they were these brown faded newspaper articles or one was from like a newspaper Sunday magazine and I opened them up and there's a picture of my mother sitting in the apartment that I knew her apartment sitting in my grandmother's apartment because they did one about my grandmother's apartment Uh uh, and sitting in front of a, a piece of art that she loved and I read these stories, which I, I'm sure my mother must have shown me when they came out dozens of years ago, right. but I don't remember them. But here they are, and they have, like, they write about, Rhoda was her name, Rhoda Album does this, 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 and there's a quote, a quote from her, like saying, well, I try to use space, and I try to use color, but it had quote marks around it. And it was like my mother was talking Again, I'm reading something that I never 
remember reading, and it has her quoted in it, which means somebody sat and talked to her, which means now she's talking to me, you know, in this story. It's a sentence that I I thought I knew every sentence that my mother has ever said, you know, they're all in my Mm -hmm. head somewhere, every single one. And now I come upon some new sentences that I didn't know that she said or told to somebody else. And I started to think, hmm, where were they when they interviewed her? Where were they sitting? Mm-hmm. And they describe, you know, we're sitting in the kitchen or we're sitting in the living room. Well, I know that kitchen. I know that living room. I, you know, I could just hear my mother say those words, say that sentence. And magically, she sort of came back to life. Yeah. In a, in, in a scene like it was new. Again, like that, that razor was a new entry into my life. A new entry from someone who's not here to do new things with. This was a new entry into my Mm -hmm. life from my mother who's not here to do new things. And then I looked on the folder, and this was very typical to my mother, who was the opposite of my father in terms of neatness and organization, all that. My mother was very proud of a little um, sign, little Lucite sign thing that she kept in the kitchen that said, creative minds are rarely tidy. (laughs) And she was very (laughs) proud of that. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, because that explained why the kitchen looked like a bomb went off in it. And, you know, my mom was was very artistic and very creative. I get all, you know, whatever I have in that area, I get that from her. And so there on this very same folder, which should have been reserved for articles about me, which she just did in her handwriting, she didn't have a label. My dad would have had a typed label Right Uh in the exact little (laughs) label spot, and it would have been there. My mom just wrote on the front of it articles about me. But then on the back, there was a bunch of phone numbers and a bunch of little notes about call Ann about such and such a social security number. (laughs) And there was a phone number, and uh, don't forget to remind – you know, she was just making notes to herself on on, Uh on this folder that I'm sure she probably lost and so didn't remember to look at the thing. And here she was – in front of me again, scribbling these messages to herself in that handwriting that I would recognize a hundred miles away. And all that yeah. handwriting brought back to me the letters I used to get at camp when I mm-hmm. first went to camp when I was a little kid, you know, and you go away to sleep away camp for the first time. You can't wait to get letters. And my mom's penmanship, which she would always address, and there's my mom's handwriting. Or sometimes when she would always give birthday cards, my mom was very, very big on, like, you didn't get one birthday card. You got, like, eight. I, I never understood that. But she, she, I don't know, maybe she couldn't make her mind up in the Hallmark store or whatever. So she bought eight of them. And, like, six of them would be these glowing, flowing, you know, oh, son, dear son, you know, uh, for many years we have gone da da and da 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 like yeah. that. And then there'd be a couple of funny ones, you know. But she would always <laughs> write in them. She would never just write, love mom. She would write you're the best or, you know, uh, we're so proud of you or love you always, whatever. Mom, XOXXO, all those kinds of things. And I remember that handwriting from that. And so now here is her handwriting and she's in front of me again. And I'm watching her scribble these notes on the outside of a folder that's supposed to be about her. But really, she's just using it to try not to forget to call Anne about the Social Security number right. that she needed to get. <laughs> and she's alive again, you know, for those couple of minutes while I'm seeing her handwriting. Death ends a life, but not a relationship. 
My mother was intricately involved with me and my life and her handwriting from the notes that she would give me if I had to be excused from school when I would take them as a kid to the report cards that she had to sign to the little birthday cards and messages that she would give me. It was such a part of my life back when everybody used handwriting yeah. That there she was again, but only because she had been so intricately involved with me. Again, if she hadn't been, if she had been distant, if she had been had somebody else take care of me, what would her handwriting mean? Nothing. Yeah. What would that razor mean? Nothing. They're symbolic of the involvement, the relationship that I had with my parents. And so I guess this is a long way of saying if you have lost somebody, particularly your parents, um, along the way, and you have an opportunity to go through the stuff. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be mortified by it. Don't be like, oh, it's too hard. Because I think more, yeah, there might be something that makes you cry, but there'll also be something that makes you laugh. And there will definitely (laughs) be something that makes you remember in that way that feels good to remember. And why does it feel good? Because deep down you want the relationship to go on. You don't want it to be over. And so I was overjoyed. It's made my day to find that folder. It made my day to get that razor because I felt like, you know, hey, this relationship with I, which I thought had taken a stop has a new chapter in it. I had a yep. new memory, a new moment, a new thing. And, and I'll find something else. Thank God my wife keeps going through these boxes. And there'll be something else that'll bring something else back. And the relationship yeah. will continue. I'm sure you've had endless things I like this it. with your mom. Yeah, I just unearthed a, 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 a book of recipes that my mom hand wrote. Uh-huh. And so now it's like all of her foods that she cooked for us all the time in her handwriting. And then one of them she sent to my sister. And so she started the recipe and it was like for, I'm going to make it up, ketchup steak or something. So it's, you know, cut the steak and, you know, pour in the ketchup and stir it all up. And here's a picture of Lisa the witch. When you're done (laughs) stirring, set the oven at 350. So like she hits a recipe. Here's a picture of Lisa the witch. And then the rest of the recipe. That's you? (laughs) That's me. I was a witch for Halloween one oh, year. Oh, okay. But but like right the her thought the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Her thought pattern went from recipe. Here's Lisa the witch to recipe. But that's it's how my she favorite was. Recipe now. But that's how she was in life too, right? <laughs> Ideas yeah, scattered. Yeah. Scattered. Right. So you got her back <laughs> for that moment because yeah, you got to see her scatteredness. Yeah, it's my favorite recipe. I'm like, why would you write that in the middle of a recipe? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So I keep it. I sent, I copied it. I sent it to everybody. And, you know, it's it's nice. It reminds me of her. Yep. And being reminded of the people we love is how we don't just remember, we continue our relationship with them. It is still a relationship. Your relationship with a memory is still a relationship because it affects Mm -hmm. how you feel. And it affects your outlook, and it affects the way you approach life. Well, how could it not be a relationship if it does all of those things? So don't be afraid to open those boxes. Don't be afraid to sit with them and see what they remind you of. And don't be afraid to continue those relationships with those people who are gone. Look, to wrap this all up, look at what we're doing here now. 
we are talking and inspired and doing a podcast from a man who passed away in 1995. Yep. That's 26 years ago. And we're still talking. And when I hear him like we did in that soundbite, he's back. And I remember mm -hmm. where he was and what he looked like and what I was doing when he said those things. So this is proof that death ends a life but not a relationship. And that relationship with Maury, for me, has gone on for a very, very long time. And I'm sure there's somebody in your life who is your Maury or is your mother or your father, your interior designer or your person with the razor blade, uh, an electric razor. And um, celebrate that. Celebrate it. It's not to be avoided. It's to be embraced. That's going to wrap up our program for today. Uh, we do this every week. You can go to wetuesdaypeople.com on the web to find out more about our podcast and discussion groups and topics that we've brought up. We always welcome a comment, a rating, a note. We enjoy them. Sometimes we even read them on the show. On behalf of Lisa Goitz, my friend and producer who puts this program together, until the next time we speak, this is Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>